Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Hope everybody is doing well, and hope you're in your seats and ready for an absolutely great episode. We've got an exclusive for you here. Uh, we're going to hear from Nick Sirianni, the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Excited to bring him on board for an exclusive one-on-one interview prior to his press conference with the Philadelphia media. And then later in the show, Brandon Graham is in the Pro Bowl. And while the Pro Bowl isn't exactly what we thought it would be, it's really exciting for BG. So we'll get to that later in the show. But first up, let's hear from the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, exclusively one-on-one. Here is head coach Nick Sirianni. Hi, Eagles everywhere. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. And these are exciting times for the football team with head coach Nick Sirianni in. He's in Philadelphia. He's at the Novacare Complex. He's been in the NFL since 2009 with Kansas City, with the Chargers, most recently three years with the Indianapolis Colts. And now he's in South Philadelphia at the Novacare Complex. And he gets right into the media portion of things, beginning with me right here. So, Nick, thank you very much for taking the time to begin your media tour with me. Um, What have these first few days been like for you? What's so attractive to you about the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, these first couple days, you know, obviously was was welcomed with open arms when I when I got off the plane. Just seeing the people, the great people of this organization there to greet me and just getting the lay of the land here. Really, to be honest with you, just seeing where the building is, where the cafeteria is, where I'm going to eat, where I'm going to get ready for practice and just looking at the practice field and seeing, man, that's where we're going to really get better right there on the practice field. Wow, what a phenomenal organization. I just felt that from day one of the interview, really, and the interview process of the people that, you know, starting with Mr. Laurie and everybody down from him, like just great people that just care about the Philadelphia Eagles, care about winning, and, you know, care about people. And I can feel that, and the coaches that we have here can feel that, and it's, it's just been a, a great uh, couple first days, uh, just a phenomenal organization. Nick, you know, I know you want to get the lay of the land of the building, but you've also got to get ready. There, time moves very quickly in the NFL. What have some of your priorities been in these first handful of days? I think the first thing is to bring together a staff that I know are good people, good teachers, good coaches, and that's what we're trying to accomplish right now. Then it's evaluating our team and just seeing how the pieces fit. Howie and his staff have done a great job of organizing this team, and it's a good, talented team. So how do those pieces fit in the things that we want to do? And then we need to adapt to the players that we have, and we need to figure that out. I know coaches are looking at houses. My wife will be looking at all the houses. She takes care of all that. If I move her from city to city, her deal with me is she gets to pick where we live. So obviously there's things outside of uh, football that we have to get used to too, right? Like the, the city. You know, what a city this is. This is a phenomenal city. I've only seen it at night right now so far, but what a great city. I mean, what a phenomenal city. And I, I've spent time in this city before. I used to actually recruit this city. So I spent time in the Bucks County and at Central Bucks West and, and at St. Joe's Prep and at Roman Catholic. I've been to all those schools. So I guess I know it a little bit differently, but, you know, just trying to get to know the city and the, and the great food that I hear they have and the passionate fans. You know, a lot of work to do in the building but also want to see, you know, get to know this city and, and because we just know how, what a phenomenal city it is. Life's a lot different when you're recruiting for Mount Union or for Indiana University of Pennsylvania. 
uh, that now that you're the head coach, you're going to see a whole different level of passion and excitement in the city of Philadelphia. And you know that, of course, Nick. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the roster. You talked about the players, and I know it's very early, but, but how do you learn about the roster? I mean, literally, for the fans who don't really have a sense of that, do you literally watch every play from last year? Uh, how do you get such a, a grasp on a team in such a short period of time? At some point or another, we're going to have watched every play. You break it down just like you would when you're watching it, when you're watching a draft guy or a free agent. You know, you're going to start with a position group. Okay, I'm going to watch the quarterbacks first, and I'm going to watch every play and every throw that they made. And then we're going to go to receivers, and we're going to watch every target. And then every pass block that the offensive lineman had made or run block. So you just kind of zone in on one group. You dive in on that group, and you, and you watch them and you're just evaluating the player. And that's nothing new to us. That's what we do. That's, what we, that's one of our jobs. That's what we get paid to do, to be able to evaluate people and evaluate talent. And then it's the people in the, around the building that you're asking questions about that player. You know, tell me about Zach Ertz. Tell me about Dallas Goddard. Tell me about those guys. And you're learning those things too. And you're talking to that player. So, you know, that, that's the way we evaluate because um, we want to evaluate the whole player, the player and the person. In Indianapolis, working with Frank Reich uh, for three seasons, you had four quarterbacks. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Hoyer, last year Phillip Rivers, constantly changing. Uh, you worked, you've got a great reputation of working with the quarterback position. Nick, how hands-on will you be at that position? And, and what do you think early on about what the Eagles are offering at the quarterback spot? I'll be very hands-on with, with that. A couple of the head coaches that I've worked for in the past said, you know, the reason you got the job is because you're a ball coach, right? You're, you're a football coach. So do what you do. do what, and, that, and that's one of the reasons I got the job. So I'll be very involved in that. In Indianapolis, we had the four different quarterbacks. Um, but what a mentor that I had in Frank Wright, uh, not just these last three years in Indianapolis, but also three years in San Diego with him as well. You want to talk about a guy that knows the quarterback position, that's a guy right there, and I feel like I, I got my master's, my doctorate degree in quarterback play, not only from Frank Reich, a great mentor to me, uh, but also from a quarterback like Phillip Rivers who played 17 years in the NFL. Yes, I was able to help him become a better player, but in, in many respects, he was able to help me become a better coach. So, Nick, we all want to know, and you're going to be asked about this a ton, how do you feel about Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, and how much was the quarterback position discussed during the interview process? I feel great. I mean, you, you, you look at a lot of rosters, and, and they don't have any quarterbacks, right, that, that they feel really good about. Well, we have two. That's unbelievable to be able to have two quarterbacks that have played and that have played well. I mean, I, I couldn't have watched more tape on Carson Wentz in 2018 when Frank and I got back together and we were installing our offense with the Indianapolis Colts. We watched a lot of Chargers tape and we watched a lot of Philadelphia Eagles tape from 2017. And man, what an impressive player. He's got so much talent. And from what I've heard from everybody, great person. And you know, good talent, good person. It takes your game to really high levels. So, so excited. And then, you know, Jalen got his snaps last year and was able to play last year. And he played good football in meaningful games. So not a lot of people have that luxury of having two quarterbacks that have experience. And so super excited to be able to work with them because obviously we all know how important that position is to a football team. During the interview, Nick, was that a big topic of conversation? Did you present your view of Carson and Jalen to Jeffrey Lurie? 
yes, we talked about that. We talked about, you know, how we attack defenses, really. I mean, just what the overall thought of the offense is, how we would use players in different variations like that. Did we talk about quarterbacks? Absolutely. Uh, but we talked about every position and what we valued out of that position and how we would use that position. Nick, your coaching career, you've really climbed the ladder in the NFL. You've been a quality control coach, a position coach, a coordinator. How has all of that prepared you for this moment where you're going to address for the first time an entire roster of players? Anywhere that you've ever been, you take a little bit of something from each person, right? Well, okay, this was Frank Reich. I'll take a little bit from him. My dad was a football coach. Okay, this is my dad, Fran Sirianni. I'll take a little bit from him. My brothers are football coaches. Okay, I'll take a little bit from Jay and Mike Sirianni. I had a really good college coach in Larry Karras. A little bit from Ken Wisenhunt and Mike McCoy, and you'd kind of come up with your own thoughts and your own ways of, oh, man, this is a, that's pretty good. That's how I would run a team, right? And that's how I would address the team. So you take all those different experiences, and I've been very fortunate enough to be around really good coaches and really good people. And you take a little bit from each person, and then you have your own core beliefs and core philosophies, and you. And you're kind of studying that. If your goals and aspirations are to become a head coach, I've been studying that, I guess, to say if my dad was a football coach, and he was ever since I was born, I've been, I came out of the womb thinking about that. But in all honesty, I mean, really, you know, been thinking about that for a long time of, you know, how I would handle a team and run a team. And I'm just fortunate and blessed that I've been around really good people and really good coaches that have cared enough about me to show me the way, and then that I was observant enough to watch and learn from all the great people I've been around. Do you have a sense of what the daily message you would like to give to the locker room? Really what I think it boils down to is that we need to connect with each other and ultimately trust, and that gets built through time, right? The connection and the trust gets built through time. So we have different ways we want to think through that. We want to compete with each other at all times. We're competing in the meeting room. We're competing on the field. We're competing outside of the meeting room when we're going from one meeting room to the other. Like, and there'll be different ways to do that. So I just think competition is such a big thing that we want to establish here and build on here. Being accountable, right? Holding each other accountable. My job is to hold everybody accountable, hold the players accountable for what they do on the field and to hold the coaches accountable. But then I also want coaches and, and players around that, that hold me accountable too, because we're work, we're all in this together. So being accountable is, is going to be one thing, being a smart football team. So if we can know what to do as far as our assignments, you know, then our talent can shine. Um, and then also being a very smart situational football team. You know, we get good guys in this building um, that, that really care and believe in that. There's a lot of parity in the NFL. There is a lot of parity in the NFL. You know, this player's really good and this player's really good. And this coach called a good play and this coach called a good play. And so what gives here, right? This really good player against this really good player with their coaches worked all night and stayed up all night to make sure they had a good plan, what gives? Well, in my opinion, what gives is fundamentals and technique. Like if I can beat him with fundamentals, that's my edge. So connect, compete, hold accountable, be smart, and fundamentals. Nick, I wonder, you've talked to coaches around the league. You've been in the league for a dozen years. This is your first time as a head coach. What is your sense of the greatest challenge you will have as you learn on the job the responsibilities of being the head man? I don't think there's a playbook for it. And I think that's been the common theme as I've 
reached out to old mentors and, and people that I trust, right? There's not a playbook for it. It's just going to be about those five things that I just talked about. But I think where it comes down to is, is the things that I know I'm going to be challenged with. It's going to have to start with the connection that I make with people. It's a people business, right? There's, there's going to be people in my office, I understand that, with different problems. And it's just being about caring about people and building that relationship with people. I think that can be a good start. Even though there's not a playbook, I think that's a good start to it all. You said earlier that you came out of the womb and maybe took your first handoff. So football's clearly been a huge part of your life from the very beginning. What kind of player were you? We actually have some footage of you from your college days. Um, how would you describe yourself as, as a football player? I hope you have some good clips there, but I don't know. You're going to see a guy not running really fast, so now I'm a little embarrassed by that. But uh, I think what I had to hang my head on as a player and why I believe and why I mentioned it in my core values and beliefs is at least I had fundamentals. Like I might not have been better athlete, but I had good fundamentals. I really worked hard to be good fundamentally. So the Eagles are going to be on the field here in 2021. People are going to be talking about the team around the league. The fans are going to have their opinions. What do you want them to say about the Eagles? What do you want the personality of this football team to be? I want us to be tough, compete, and smart. And again, play with great, great fundamentals. You know, I've referenced my college coach a couple times. I remember when we would go to a place and he has high school coaches friends that are gonna be in the stands and games. And he said, if you guys go up there and we're not playing smart and with fundamentals, you're gonna embarrass me in front of my friends. And that always stuck with me. And I, and I just, the biggest compliment another coach or another player can give is, man, you guys are well coached, you play hard. Uh, you play tough. If the coaches are seeing that, I think the fans will see that. I think the city will see that. And that's really who we want to be. Something for sure, Nick, that the fans want to get a sense of is, you know, you have to adapt things to your talent, of course. You did that in Indianapolis very successfully. What do you envision as far as the X's and O's, the scheme of the offense, for example, and, and what you want to employ on that side of the football this year? Exactly what you said is exactly what it is. It's all about who the player is and what they do well, right? What we ran in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers, it was different. What did they do best? And that's what you want to do. What did your receivers do best? And that's what you want to do. What does your offensive line do best with your back? That's what you want to do. And so the book's not written there yet, right? We have some core things in place, again, that we want to be able to do both offensively and defensively. But this next week where we're evaluating our team and figuring out who they are, that's where we can kind of identify who we are even a little bit more. And then, yes, we can watch it on tape, but then we got to get on the field and do it with them. And then you find out a little bit more. And so I think that's a constantly changing thing. And you just play the cards that you're dealt and play with the guys and play to their strengths of what they do well. Nick, do you plan on calling plays offensively? And if so, uh, what is the challenge there? What are some of the keys to success for offensive play calling? I do plan on, on calling the plays. And, you know, what happens when you call plays is that really, really hard work is done Monday through Saturday, right? Monday through Saturday is when that hard work's done with your assistants, right? With your quarterbacks, with your players, figuring it out. And you got ideas once you get into the game. Now you've done the hard work. Is there a feel to it? Of course. Is there adjustments to be made? Of course. But the core of the work has been done when you worked hard 
Monday through Saturday. That's, what, that's what's always so cool when you go into a game really ready because you're like, man, we worked our tails off this week to get ready. The quarterback feels ready. The, the players feel ready. And in conjunction with calling the game, well, there's also you've got to manage the game. That would be the challenge of juggling both of them. I know that, one, that we're going to work really hard throughout the week to make sure we're ready, and then we're built with the right people in place to handle the challenges that I foresee as the most challenging things. Your vision for the other side of the football. Can you tell us a little bit about what you couldn't probably expect from the Eagles defensively in 2021? You got a really high energy coordinator in Jonathan Gannon and his excitement and his uh, energy and his juice level and his passion for the game, it's contagious. So I think that's gonna rub off on, on everybody. You know, you get a defense playing the way I know that I've seen guys play for Jonathan Gannon in the last three years, that you better be on it offensively or you're gonna get exposed because they're gonna, gonna be so juiced up that you better be juiced up. And that will not only make the defense better, but also the offense as a counterpoint as well. Just a ton of respect for him as a coach, you know, coaching the fundamentals and then his ability to scheme. I mean, so I think you're just getting a good leader, you're getting a good uh, coach of fundamentals, and you're getting a good guy that knows how to scheme. So I believe that our players will be in really good position to make plays. What do you anticipate your level of participation will be in terms of building the roster, having input into roster decisions? Just like we're talking about with the coaching staff, that it's, it's all hands on deck, everybody's inputting, and then us with the analytics during the game, because we all just want to get it right, to get the best guys in here to help us win football games. I think when there's that communication between the coaching staff and the scouting department of what we are looking for in players, and also take that a step further and how we would use that skill set, that pulls everybody on the same page. So can't wait to start doing that, and can't wait to start working with Howie and his staff to bring in really good players that love football and to Philadelphia. Nick, thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to meet you in person, work with you, and uh, have great success in 2021 and the years to come. Nick Sirianni, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks so much to Coach Nick for that. We look forward to working with him. Great personality. Everyone I know is fired up to see what he does as the head coach and the staff he puts together, and of course the players the Eagles bring in to build the roster. Now, the Pro Bowl. The Eagles are sending three players to the quote-unquote Pro Bowl. There is no game this year. It is a virtual format. Last week, before the Eagles named Nick Sirianni the head coach, before Brandon Graham really had an idea of what was happening with the Pro Bowl, I had a chance to speak to BG, who in his 11th season, finally selected to the Pro Bowl. Jason Kelsey, four times. Fletcher Cox, six straight trips. But for Brandon Graham, the first time is the best time. Uh, Brandon, uh -huh. okay, you've got, you've got something going on here. You, you have a Pro Bowl to get ready for. Um, it's certainly not a on-the-field Pro Bowl. Um, first of all, uh, uh, do you have a sense of what exactly happens? I know it's a week-long event, but what are you doing during that entire week? Um, I'm, I don't really know other than Zoom. Zoom things. Uh, I don't know all the details just yet. I'm sure they about to start uh, sending it this week. But right now, uh, as of now, they just asked me some of the stuff that I wanted to be involved with uh, through Zoom. So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do whatever, because uh, whatever they um, offer. <laughs> I mean, you've been waiting your whole career for this moment. So I imagine your, your mindset is like, hey, I'll, I'll do anything. I just want to I just want to go have the time of my life. 
Yeah, I just want to have the time of my life and, man, just um, enjoy the experience no matter if we plan in it or not. Um, and next year is another goal for me to go back so I can play in it. BG, you know, you get named to the team, um, then the season finishes. So have you taken time to really let it sink in what what being a pro bowler means to you? You know what? Um, COVID has, has definitely changed a lot of that. But, man, I'm still thankful for sure. Um, so hyped uh, that we even having this conversation right now because um, last year when the season was over, the season was done until next year. At least I got a little bit to, you know, do right now, um, even in the midst of the playoffs. And um, obviously the Super Bowl is after. But, man, it's like it's just one of those things where I'm glad I got to experience it. Um you know, right now uh, with the feeling of me making it and um, the feeling of not even playing in it, but just inspiring even more, like putting another chip on my shoulder to go back and get it so I can play in it. But I'm just enjoying this whole experience of whatever they offer, I'm ready to do. I, I know that you've never been one to really care about individual awards, but can you put into context what does it mean to you? Just as you look at your whole body of work in the NFL – You've won a Super Bowl. You've been an All-Pro. Now you're a Pro Bowler. Um, what does it all mean to you? Man, it just lets me know uh, to continue to keep fighting. And what's what's going to come to you is going to come to you. No matter what time, uh, I feel like, man, me getting my first one, this was the best time ever. You know what I'm saying? Like all the other times, I've been, I was hoping somebody dropped out to uh, so that I can get in it uh, because I was an alternate. But – Man, I, I wouldn't have had it no other way, man. It feel like I didn't had it, um, you know, this this t- this time around with it being outright, uh, man. It was it was the best because um, even through a COVID year and all the odds are against me going into the season, knowing knowing that any week they can cancel the season and be done, and man, I just stayed the course, kept working and uh, kept kept my head down, stayed did whatever the family needed for me uh, at home and. And whatever the team needed on the field, I made sure I went 100 miles. And I'm just thankful, man, out of all the years that I've uh, been pushing through, pushing to get to this moment. Uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of, a lot of uh, heartbreaks, a lot of smiles too. You know, with us winning, the, winning it all. But man, I'm just uh, thankful that it that it finally came for me before my time expired in the league. Brendan, how hard was it to go through the season with COVID and? And not, you know, not kind of going outside of your normal routine. I mean, and did it? How much did it actually change your day to day life? Oh, it changed it. It changed it, you know, quite a bit because uh, for me, I normally get in the hot tub, the cold. I mean, the, well, the steam room, the sauna, uh, those things weren't available for me this year, um, and uh, just some of the stuff that I could do in the building, it just wasn't as uh, as available. So I had to adjust. And I adjusted, kept on, um, you know, just finding different things that that we could do during the year that that helped me um, for the season, and, and just and just did that and made it a part of my regimen. Man, uh, I'm just, um, you know, I was just hyped because everybody had to adjust, and I had to. And the way I looked at it, looked at everything was everybody got to do it. So why not embrace it and and be the best at at adjusting? So you couldn't do the hot tub and you couldn't do the sauna. Were you able to do massages? And, like, how did you make up for 
you know, because those those massages, those saunas, and those hot tubs, that's part of your recovery. So, how did you make up for that? Um, I just, you know, did a lot more things as far as um, I was um, just stretching more, getting getting more of a stretch, more uh, more than I'm than I usually do during the season. That helped me out. I want to do that moving forward. Uh, on top of the, some of the other stuff that I couldn't do, that I can do, probably when we come back now, I'm gonna add stretching um, into my regimen a, a lot more because that helped me stay a lot, a lot uh, flexible, and let me not feel as stiff getting through practice and, and even in the games. So some stuff did help me once I adjusted, and some stuff uh, I, I probably do, but not as much, um, no more, um, especially knowing uh, some of the stuff I picked up this year. Were you allowed to do massages? Did, they, did the masseuse was the masseuse allowed to come into the building? Well, um, they yeah they had some available and I used them, but I had my own too. Uh, that that quarantine and only was taking certain people um, so that we wouldn't have to uh, worry too much because just as much as they had to worry, like the masseuse, she had to be safe and we and I had to make sure I stayed safe as well. So we all uh, we all got tested and. You got tested, I got tested, and uh, it was just something that always um, you tried to do uh, when we, when we, you know, being around each other because you don't want to, because the kids involved and all that stuff, we didn't want to bring nothing into the household. So I think we did a good job this year. Brandon, you, you, so much of your success in your career has come, uh, you know, after the fifth, sixth year, seventh year. You've had three contracts with the Eagles. You're a testament to what what's great about the game longevity, durability, productivity. What lesson would you give? What message if you could stand up in front of rookies in the league and say, hey, this is my career, guys, and this is what you can learn from my career? What would that message be? I would tell get on a regimen. And, um, like, for me, I try not to – I try to not to drink during the year. Um, I try to – because I feel like, you know, when that reward comes, you're gonna, it's going to be that much sweeter and it's going to be fun. But, you know, you don't want to tax your body at a young age. You want to start, you know, building it up. Because, like you said, longevity, um, I know I got all this information, like, mid to later in my career. But um, I know if I could do it all over again, I would start it earlier than I did. And knowing that um, you could still have fun, but you just got to, um, you know, take care of yourself and get where you're going um, before, you know, you, you had a party of your life. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, that that drink gonna be there. All the you gotta sacrifice some things um, move, that you do on the off the field stuff, especially if, if everything is good uh, on the field. You gotta make sure off the field is just as good because uh, you can get into a lot of things. And I know for me, uh, early on hanging with the vets and you know uh, going places sometimes where it's just like, man, I don't need to be here. We party and we having fun, but. I know I gotta, I got some, I got somewhere I gotta be in the morning and all this stuff. And you know, you just always plan on the edge um, as a young, as a young boy, because you, you're just excited to be there. But uh, if I could just be on a regiment earlier and uh, start to, you know, say no to some things, especially when you know you got stuff to to do uh, the following days. BG, thanks so much, and enjoy enjoy the Pro Bowl experience, whatever whatever that is. Yep, I appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. Take care. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Trevor Hayes, and Ray Doyle for their work. Thanks to all of you for joining us for this episode. And we've got more coming your way next week. 
Eagles chairman and CEO Jeffrey Lurie joins me exclusively one-on-one -on -one to talk about Coach Sirianni, the direction of the Philadelphia Eagles, and some other things around the league. So make sure you are with me then. If you have a chance to drop a little review there, we'd love those five stars. Go to the link in the details section of your podcast library. Thanks, everyone, for joining me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro saying, have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles, fly. Raise a glass to that comforting feeling of an Eagles touchdown with the all-new Broad and Patterson Wine Collection created in partnership with Wink. Featuring a Cabernet, a Rosé, and a Chardonnay, Broad and Patterson Wines are the perfect pairing for any occasion. Now you can bring the sweet taste of victory with you to a dinner with friends or to the tailgate with your game day crew. Purchase online today at philadelphiaeagles.com wine to stock up and have Broad and Patterson delivered right to your door. A portion of proceeds from every bottle benefit Eagles Autism Foundation.